no, exactly. You have a nice. Uh, do they know that you're going? No. Oh, yes, oh, we're all going away. oh, right. You have. Yes. You have told people. Yes, you haven't told them where. Uh, not even. Oh, right. Is this another holiday? Have well, I missed out on your holidays all of a sudden? I've just realised. It's my first holiday in two years. I'm on holiday. Are you? Yeah. Oh, yes, Christo's going to sit in. Yes, you? Portugal I'm going mm. to. I'm looking forward to it. Really? Perhaps I'll bump into you. Oh, I'll see you there. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> see you later. Bye. Off goes Anthony Davis into the, uh, into the cold morning of... Do you know, I tell you, we had last week, we had so many problems, not with the studio, but with the block of flats opposite. We've had naked people standing at windows. All little, I mean, Amanda, as I say, never quite recovered from it and just moved her chair a bit nearer. We did. We had some man who didn't realise that we could see him standing in his kitchen stark naked. No, it was OK. Yeah, it wasn't that, wasn't that special. To be honest with you, I find it a bit off-putting because it's a bit distracting when you're trying to look at the, uh, look at the papers. Anyway, so Anthony's off on holiday now. So he's, he's gone off uh, for Portugal. I'm off from the 21st. So I'll be off on the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th. I think. So I'll, I'll be here on the Sunday and then back on the, on the following Sunday. Because it's that time of year when people need to, to take small breaks. But uh, between now and then, we'll have loads of uh, things to talk about in the programme this morning. He says, hopefully. Because I've looked through the papers and uh, they all wander in the gate. What's in the papers? Because I whiz through the papers possibly quicker than most people. And, you know, there is absolutely nothing. It's, it's, well, I mean, there are stories, but it's the same naff old stories that we had last week, over the weekend and the week before. I don't, I don't understand how on earth Jordan can possibly make the front of the papers every day. I just don't understand how this dreary old bag can actually get there with a non-event. Although, you remember I told you last week that in Country Life, now Country Life is a very well-heeled, you know, country magazine for people who live in the country and because people want to sort of, you know, live out there and have nice things, and they go and they do horsey things. And they had a list of, I think, the 100 most influential people. Who was at the end of the list? Jordan. Jordan, in country life, at the end of... Ooh, at the end of the... the you turned my computer off. <laughs> All right, you're logging me in? I was logged in. I was. Oh, that was oh, oh, sorry, that was Alan Davis, Alan da- Anthony Davis. So anyway, so I laughed last week and said, "Oh, look, they they they've listed Jordan one hundred at the end." And I'm thinking, "Oh, not Jordan, for goodness' sake!" Lo and behold, she does Burley horse trials the other day and attracts a uh, a crowd of uh, of a few hundred people to her stall, selling her merchandise. No, 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 you don't know my password now, do you? <laughs> Even I have to. I've only just changed. I had to write it down upstairs because I couldn't remember what the blooming thing was. You'd never guess this one. <laughs> I'll name that in five. I did it the other week, actually. I, I did my password, and I kept forgetting to put... Because you have to use an uppercase and a number. And it gets so complicated, because I've used every rude word under the sun. I've run out of rude words. So I've started putting down just stupid... Something will come into my mind, and I'll put it, and I'll put it in. But then I think, i better write it down quickly, because otherwise I'll never find the blooming thing again. And once you've done it, you've kind of done it. The only people who can then undo it for you. It'll be the engineering department. You don't really want to call them at just gone five past five on a Monday morning. Anyway, I trust you had a good weekend. It was very exciting. I didn't find out if anybody won the lottery on Saturday and it was a rollover. I just know that I've got uh, an email from the National Lottery saying one of your tickets has won. But that's as far as it. It'll, it'll be a tenner. It'll be something stupid. And I think it was about seven million pounds. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't actually mind moving. I wouldn't mind moving before Christmas. In fact, I quite like it I quite like the idea, if I actually won some money between now and Christmas, if you, I wonder if it would be possible to actually get in, if you were paying cash for a property, you didn't have to worry about, you know, going through the mortgage saga and then getting a survey and then somebody... I wonder if you could actually go in there and go, listen, I can remember actually, 
uh, Freddie Mercury, years and years ago, he wanted to buy a particular house, and he went in there, and the family was still in residence, and he said, listen, I'll give you an extra 50,000, but I want you out by the end of the week. For 50,000 quid, they were out by the end of the week. And so he got it. And what if you could do that now? You go and see a place, you go, right, I definitely want it, but I want to move in on Saturday. So I'll give you £20,000, move out very quickly. If you had that much money, it'd be quite good, wouldn't it? It'll never happen, but it's it's a nice dream to have on a Monday, I think. Right, uh, some of the stories in the papers today. They're all going to be talking about, and Nick will be talking about this on breakfast this morning, the BNP being allowed to take part in Question Time. And a lot of people are up in arms over it, and they've said, oh, no, this shouldn't be allowed. Why not? They're an elected party. Other people have been given airtime on there. They've got all sorts of people. Danny Alexander, Lib Dem MP for Inverness, says yes. Where they found him from, goodness only knows. And Dennis McShane, Labour former Europe minister, says no, they shouldn't be given airtime. But, th- but they will be given airtime. You can't start discriminating against people and say, no, you can't come. They, they stick all sorts of people on there. You know, we've had uh, Shami Chakrabarti from Liberty. They've only got 9,000 members. You know, claiming she sort of represents the country. She doesn't at all. So they put her on there. They put all sorts of people on there. Joe Brand's been on there as a, as a comedian. So why not put on the BNP? Some people might see them as a, as a bit of a joke. Either way, you'll put them on there and people will watch. I mean, to be honest with you, if I was the producer, I'd probably put Jordan on there. You know, just because I see no reason why, why you shouldn't. I think you can actually put anybody on the, the television now. It makes no difference. The, the public will decide if they like them or if they don't. Apparently, the BBC are going to introduce an X-Factor-style viewers panel to judge whether or not the star names earn their salaries. So people like Kate Silverton and Anne Robinson could be among the first to undergo review. But they always have this, I thought. Kate Silverton, for reading Autocue, gets a quarter of a million a year, while Anne Robinson was earning, I think, two million a year for The Weakest Link. It's a lot of money. In fact, you remember Kelvin McKenzie... I mean, almost as much... Uh, well, it's not quite as much as my salary. But that's different, you see, because, I mean, I, I have to sort of make it up with my other job in McDonald's because nobody flips burgers like I flip burgers. I'd love to flip burgers for a living. I would imagine that would be really good. I used to watch the guy in the Wimpy Bar and he could flip, put the cheese on and the onions on the top and then with one little thing, flip it into the bun. And I used to think, that is, is an art. You're right, that's thrilling. 45 seconds, and that's about the attention span, I think. But I but used to be in the window, and people would stand outside watching this guy flipping these burgers over, and then, oh, it was fantastic. Quite good, actually. But a quarter of a million pound for Kate Silverton. Well, if that's what it pays, that's what it pays. Paul O'Grady, £25,000 for every edition of Paul O'Grady's show. So in the course of a week, he's making about um, £125,000. Which is not bad, is it? But... That's what the job pays. You'd be daft, wouldn't you? If, if, if you came up for a job and they said, right, if you want to go and work in the post office, it pays you 14600 a year. And you go, OK, fine. If you come and work in, in television, they say, well, we, we can only pay you £5,000 a programme. Max Bygraves, £60,000 a programme. And he did Family Fortunes. 60000 quid. In the days when 60000 quid was 60000 quid. I mean, now... £60,000 for a programme is, is considered a lot of money. I would think most people could be earning between twenty five and 40000 quid per show. And if Anne Robinson is on £2 million a year, that's a lot of shows. She must be paid per show. It wouldn't just be a yearly salary. Because nobody else could do it, could they? If you think about it, the weakest link can only be Anne Robinson. I mean, she is rude to contestants. I mean, I'm rude about people, but I'm never rude 
to people face-to-face. It'd be a bit of a pointless exercise getting somebody in and going, God, you're ugly, aren't you? You know, you just wouldn't do that. You know, you, you only invite people in if you want to talk to them. I can be rude about people in the paper because the people I'm rude about actively court publicity. You could say anything you like about Jordan because she actively sells every part of her life. Every single part of it she sells. When she was at Burley yesterday, she had her cage fighter boyfriend there. For that, Reed still lives with mummy and daddy, so not very successful at all. He does bare-knuckle fighting. It's a bit of a pansy as far as I'm concerned. I never like those bare-knuckle fighters. It's just a bit naff, isn't it, really? But anyway, what was she there with? A film crew. And he was filmed at the same time. And he started signing autographs. Then I can only assume that the people who go to the Burley horse trials must have sort of gone so far down... You know, that it's just bare-knuckle fighting is a great way to get fit. And ugly as well. You know why? Because they hit, don't they? I've seen some of these uh, fights. I th- not actually there, but I, I know about them. And people come away bloodied and people bet money on it. It's a bit like dog fighting or something like that. Except they're people... I'll tell you what, watched the other day. Have you seen darts? Where do they get these people from? Is it the Jeremy Kyle rejects? They stand there. There was one bloke the other day, some fat, sweating hulk of a bloke, with a tattoo on the back of his head. I mean, all of them have got tattoos. There's something the matter with darts players. They're all fat for the simple reason that you... That they're just, it's not really a sport, is it? You stand here, you throw it. You sit down, you have a... <laughs> I, I, I've just thought it something very rude that I would have tattooed on the back of my head. I, can't, I don't know why you'd ever have a tattoo there. I wouldn't have a tattoo anyway. Bill Buckley's got a tattoo. He hasn't shown anybody, but he does have a... <laughs> You're in, <laughs> I've got to say. <laughs> anyway, right, right, moving along very quickly. So, so darts I'm not a big fan of. I don't mind watching it occasionally. But I just seem to think, where do they get these people from? They're a bit naff. And I quite like the idea of, of, of rating the BBC staff. But I thought they had viewers' panels anyway. I thought they had people there who said, we don't like that, we like this. Because that's how they, they get their, their programmes put together. Managers behind the new test want to slash wages by up to 50%. They'll never get away with it. You know why? Because these people have got agents. And all they'll do is, they'll say, as Paul O'Grady has said, I'll tell you what, if you slash my budget, I'm taking the show and I'll go to Sky. Simple as that. They'll, they'll, they'll never actually get away with it, or they'll lose him. However, I fear that Graham Norton could be lined up to replace him. Graham Norton, who the BBC were desperately trying to find a vehicle for, and they didn't have anything. And I think that what they might do is they might put Graham Norton back in. Trouble is, will he have that warmth? Now, I've interviewed um, Graham, and I've known Paul for years. Does Graham have the warmth that Paul O'Grady has? You see, people, I think, see, see Graham Norton more as just that gay television presenter, whereas I think they see Paul O'Grady as somebody who, who can cross the boundaries. I don't think people actually look at Paul O'Grady and think gay. They just think, you know, he was Lily Savage, he's very, very good, he's got a personality with his guests, and it, it kind of works. So uh, they might lose out on that. And he gets a very good audience, mind you, so does The One Show, with Christine Bleakley and Adrian Childs. Can't believe how that gets a good audience. Mind you, they have got a budget of God knows how much money. You think they want to slash budgets? That's the first show I would slash the budget of. Complete and utter waste of money. It doesn't appeal to me, but only because I can't bear the presenters. But luckily, we're all in the, in the kind of job where you can be critical of people. They probably don't like me either. But frankly, I couldn't give a stuff. It makes no difference to me. 5.15 is at the time. News headlines. These are the stories. Colonel Gaddafi's son says Gordon Brown was not involved in talks to release the man convicted of the Lockerbie bombing. 
A man charged with attempted murder in relation to a £40 million jewellery robbery in Mayfair will appear in court later. And scientists claim to have made the biggest breakthrough in Alzheimer's research in 15 years. They've identified three new genes that are linked to the illness. Let's have a check on the state of the roads for you this morning. Waiting patiently, Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. We'll start with action, actually. There's been an accident on Acton High Street. Morning, everybody. Monday morning, LBC 97.3 at Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. You are most welcome. Most welcome. Nice to have your company, and I trust that uh, Anthony has a very nice holiday. Uh, that dreary old bird, Jordan. Couldn't agree with you more. The trouble is, I don't... See, I can't understand what sort of people go to the Burley Horse Trials. I thought it was fairly well-heeled people. And, and, and I then can't understand why you'd want to queue up. However, my godchildren queued up to get her autograph. But you had to buy something before she would give you her autograph. And I suppose it's, if somebody's in the paper, a lot of people think that means you're famous. But I can't imagine any of these mothers who take their little treasures to the Burley Horse Trials and go, oh, you must go and get uh, that Jordan girl's autograph. She's such a, such a credit to the younger generation. <laughs> She's so classy. Uh, Euro Millions has rolled over, says Jan. I think the lotto got divided. £700,000 each. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Seven hundred thousand. Could you could you cope with seven hundred thousand pounds? We heard the other day. I don't know if it's true that the fish shop in Twickenham. There's a rumour doing the rounds that two people in there won some money on the lottery. One won twenty five thousand, and the other one hundred and thirty thousand. And I'm thinking that is lucky. Two separate people in the same place in the same place. MJ says, "Would you be happy with somebody who disliked gays being on Question Time?" Yeah, wouldn't make any difference to me at all. Of course, you've got to have everybody's opinion. They they dig a hole for themselves, so why why worry? Why worry? You know, we've had people on there who don't like anybody, so it makes no difference to me. So why why would you why would you dislike somebody? You know, because you sort of dislike gays. Why would you want to stop putting them on on Question Time? In fact, I would I would they'd be the first people I'd put on there. Absolutely. Uh, how do they tot up the darts points so quickly? Because uh, they were very good at maths, I'm assuming. <laughs> that's that's how they do it. They they just they just know the they know it. It's not automatic. They don't have a. It's not a little machine. Although you can buy dart boards now that have got a little computer built in. So when the dart hits in, it starts knocking the numbers down. Neil reckons Simon Cowell presenting the weakest link. You know that before Simon Cowell hit it big with all his shows on television, he was up for which program was it? It was one of the programmes on the, the television, and he was going to be a TV presenter before he hit uh, pay dirt with the X Factor, Britain's Got Talent, and all the rest of them, and all these groups. And that, of course, was the turning point in his, in his life. Fantastic. Kerry Katona out and again, which is lovely, uh, out at the uh, kebab shop. Class actor. I wish I was as poor as she was. I wish I was. Love to eat kebabs every night. And Jordan, apparently, again in the paper, she was out and she left all her little chums. So uh, Gary Cockrell, her makeup artist, and his boyfriend, Phil Turner, sat there like complete plonkers waiting and she never turned up. They were all, though, also there with Joe Wood. That's uh, Ronnie Wood's ex wife, who was pictured in the paper yesterday, I remember, having a bit of a strop. She's on the celebrity come dancing and she's been partnered with uh, Brendan. Uh, Cole, and apparently they were having an argument because he's, he's a, he pushes them, pushes them, and uh, then she was pictured crying, luckily standing outside, and luckily there was a photographer there to capture the scene, so you'll probably get to see that. It'll all be fine by the time the programme starts. Ridiculous. Steve, Norton can't be rude at that time of the afternoon. Well, you can be. You've just got, you can't be as blatant. You can't be as, as blatant as, as some people are, and I would have thought that sort of Graham Norton... He could, could do a tea time show, couldn't he? 
Do you think so? Nobody's worth 20 grand for a single show. 500 quid and the taxi fare home, more than enough for any celeb. But that's why, I mean, you don't seriously believe that any of these people would go in there for 500 quid for a show. I mean, even if you go to Alan Titchmarsh's show, I'm, sus- I'm guessing that the fee for turning up is about 250 quid if you're a reviewer. I would think 250. So if you do four a month, that's an extra thousand a month. But presenting the show, Alan Titchmarsh must be on, I would think, at least seven to 15,000 quid per show. Easy. Easy seven to 15,000. Easy money. Well, easy money, but that, that would be... I mean, if, if yes, if, if Paul O'Grady's on 25,000, and that's his company, I would think Alan Titchmarsh, between seven and 15,000. They have a lot of guests on there, and they'll get probably 250 to 350 a show, plus a taxi there and back. That's what racks up the, the bills on these shows. 500 pounds, wouldn't get out of bed. If you phoned up people and said, listen, we'd love you to present a show on television that pays 500 quid, they'd be going no. Although, strangely enough, I watched a Jimmy Cagney film the other day, which is Yankee Doodle Dandy. Because Jimmy Cagney, far from being, and he never said, you dirty rat. He never said that at all. He actually went on television and said, I wish people had stopped saying He said, I've never said that in any of my films. But he was a song and dance man. And he was playing in Yankee Doodle Dandy, George M. Cohan. At the time, he was under contract to Warner Brothers. And the fee that he was on was £400 a week, $400 a week. And for that, they were, they were getting as many films out of him as possible. So $400 a week. And he then formed, I think together with a friend, the Screen Actors Guild. And within a short space of time, they had 7,000 members. And that's when actors started getting treated better. But after Yankee Doodle Dandy, I think a couple more films, and then his, his career was washed up. He had a line in some film. And he stood there, and he was about to deliver it. And he, he apparently, he, he said afterwards, I said to myself, if you get this line wrong, quit the business. And so he didn't get the line wrong, but he realised that the, that the career had, had finished at that time. So he then retired to his little farm out in Martha's Vineyard, I think. And guess who became one of his very good friends? Because a lot of people wanted to be friends with Cagney. And he didn't, he didn't want friends. And so a lot of people would go to him and say, listen, so-and-so would love to meet you. And he'd go, listen, I've got enough friends. Who was the one person he agreed to see? And for five years, they became very close friends, only because this... Uh, Film producer, a guy called Lyle, said to him, listen, you want to meet this, this guy? He's a dancer. And Cagney immediately went, really? Bring him over. Travolta. John Travolta became immensely good friends with Cagney. He would go over to see him. And in fact, he saw him the day before he died. The most unlikely person, John Travolta. And on Yankee Doodle Dandy, which they've, uh, which they've just sort of reissued again, it's got all the interviews on there. And the first time I'd ever heard the story, I was, I was very, very impressed. Uh, Danny says, Gervais is not that funny. Very dull on Jonathan Ross's show. I th- yes, I saw him on there. Every time you turn on Jonathan Ross, you're expecting a really good guest. And the funny thing was that he had Jamie Oliver on. Now, I, I remember talking to a friend of mine, a friend of mine saying, do you know, he's got no sex appeal. I said, no, you're kidding. I said, Jamie Oliver's, he's got loads of sex appeal. I mean, admittedly, you know, it doesn't quite come over on the television because he does this, you know, they do this sort of kind of stuff, and he's doing this programme at the moment in America, where this week he was in Los Angeles, where it was so embarrassing, because he was doing a bit of cooking, but he was meeting gangs, and he was going, yeah, bro, so great that you... And he he started talking as if he was some complete prat, you know, as if he had to speak like this, because they wouldn't... You know, you just go up and say, hello, I'm Steve, yeah, yeah, bro, thank you for meeting me, and he started... It was most peculiar, and one of the critics has picked up on it today, and said exactly the same. And they've said, here was Jamie Oliver sort of getting down with the homeboys, sounding like a complete idiot on this programme. So you meet these gangs 
one of whom was in a wheelchair, so I thought you weren't particularly successful, were you? Because he'd had his legs shot away, and then somebody... They'd all, either been knifed or shot, or... I mean, it was just the street gangs over there. And that's, that's what you get over here. You get these sort of little little lookalikes over here, where they all they all think that they're in. But my... and uh, Sorry. But sort of watching this thing, but a, a white English guy saying, my brother. But he, he called him bro. He called him bro. It was so stupid. You think, oh, Jamie, come on, for goodness sake, you're well established enough. That would go down that silly gangster. But you get them here, don't you? I saw some kids on the television the other day. I didn't understand a word they were saying. It was all down with homeboy. And I thought, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Why can't you open your mouth? Luckily, you'll never hear them on radio. So that's good news, isn't it? Uh, later on today, I'm going to be talking to uh, Alan Davis. He's got a new book out. It's his life because he's a hoarder. And he, he keeps loads of stuff. In fact, he kept everything. So what he's done is he's put in this book, which is a bit of a cathartic exercise, his entire life. So we'll have a chat about his mum. His mum died when he was six. And then he tried to find where she was buried. His father never told him whether, whether she was buried or cremated. So he went on this sort of pilgrimage. That's not the basis of the book. It's just one of the, uh, the chapters in there. So that should be quite interesting. So I'm looking forward to that. 84850, uk. Uh, in a sick, twisted way, Jordan is amazing. No talent except for selling her life story. And uh, look at all the money and the perks she gets. Absolutely. She's the only woman who can sell a book which she's not written. She's the only woman who can come up with children's stories which she's not written. She's the only woman who can sell clothing which she's not designed. The whole thing is just selling the image. The trouble is, I don't think I'd want to buy anything that was associated with something that looked like that. I don't actually see the, the benefit of it. can't imagine any parents would want their children to end up like her, even if the girl came out of the Big Brother house and went, I want to be like Jordan. I don't know what they... Do they mean, I want to be as successful as Jordan, because in which case you'll never achieve it, because there can only be one Jordan. You don't want two, do you? Like, there's only one, I think, uh, Jodie Marsh. Thank the Lord for that. You don't want two of those. You imagine two of those old things turning up everywhere. Oh! Dear. It said uh, that Euro Millions tickets will be £2 from November. That's all right. I don't mind £2. Mind you, I work on the assumption that the more money, that the more expensive they make the ticket, the less people play it, so the smaller the prize pot will be. What I always worry about with the lottery is the fact that because it's Euro Millions, whenever it's somebody abroad, they never tell you who it is. And you always think, who is, come on, show us a picture of them. I want to see a picture of this person who's won £37 million. They go, somebody in Belgium won. Yeah, pff, yeah right. There's nobody in Belgium who's got money to buy a ticket. Come on. 84850stevedlbc.co.uk. Uh, Jordan, 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 Jordan. Daily Mail today. I've never done the, the Daily Mail. Not, a, not, not this early in a, in a programme, because they're still doing the X Factor. Uh, but they're also doing uh, women suffering for the sake of fashion, and that's heels. Apparently, the higher the heel, the more men like it. But the more women... I don't know why. Why is it the men like... like Heels, where these there's a, a pair of shoes here from somebody called uh, Christian Labouton. I think that's how you pronounce his name, Labouton, Labutin. And and these heels look absolutely unbelievable. The trouble is, eighty percent of women who wear them say that they end up with foot problems, cracked heels, bunions, corns, ingrowing nail. I had a nail fall off the other day. I've never had a nail fall off. My little nail on my little toe fell off. I think because what I'd done is I'd caught it under a door, and it had pulled the nail back. And I remember thinking, ow, that hurts. And then I sort of, and then two days later, I was looking at the nail, I thought, oh, it's gone a bit wobbly. And so I, I waggled it, and it came off in my hand. Oh, not, no, I didn't keep it. No, no, no. I picked a spot on my arm this morning, though. 
bit silly, wasn't it? And then it bled. So I go rushing to the bathroom. Have I got any plasters this size? No. I wanted one of those little tiny round plasters. What I had was a gigantic thing, which was sort of covered your mouth. Some of you wish, listen and hope that will happen one of these days. Uh, 84850, uk, And, uh, as I say, more on, on Joe Wood throwing up her arms with Brendan Cole. I don't, I, I, he's, he's probably thinking, why have I got Joe Woods to dance with? I want somebody else. Because they, they normally give him somebody he can flirt with, like Tony Beak always flirts with, uh, with the girl that he actually gets. That's quite funny, though, isn't it, I think? Because I love watching them do it. I just, I just can't bear these so-called celebrities. They go, this person's a celebrity. And I go, no, they're not. They're not celebrity. They might be personalities, but they're not celebrities. And they've got the first uh, Big Brother winner, her first topless picture in the Daily Star this morning. Hey, fantastic. She's actually, because she's a class girl, she's actually managed to make her hair look uh, even worse than you could possibly think it was. This is Sophie. And, uh, and she's managed to get her bra off. A real class act. Fantastic. Strangely enough, didn't do it in Big Brother. Comes out. Wave a bit of money in front of her face and she'll get them off. Not the most attractive I've ever seen. Hair looking a little bit ropey, but far be it from me to criticise people at this time of the morning. Oh, and by the way, she's not pregnant. Thank God for that. Thank- that would kill a career stone dead, wouldn't it? Kill a career stone dead. More from the papers in a moment. LBC 97.3. There are times when... Morning, everybody. 29 minutes to six. Monday morning. I know you don't want to get up. I know you wish it was holiday. Anthony Davis is on holiday, but he's probably thinking, I need to go to sleep just for a little while. Do you know, you cannot believe how, how tacky some people would get. Actually, on Big Brother's Little Brother the other day with uh, George Lamb, a man whose talents know no limits whatsoever, they actually made her do a pregnancy test live on television to prove that her recent weight gain wasn't the fact she was pregnant. So they do a pregnancy t- How tacky is that? How tacky. Anyway, I suppose if, if you're that desperate to try and make yourself famous. But that's about as far as it's going to go, I'm afraid. However, they're now saying killjoys are the ones who have been blasted from banning scouts from carrying pen knives. Because up until now, scouts have had pen knives because you, you have to whittle down sticks uh, to make things that you stick in people's backs and all the rest of it. And I don't know why, but when I was a, when I was a cub, we didn't have scouts. Uh, somebody within the scout movement... One of, the, one of the troop leaders says, you don't know when a scout will need a knife. I think you must be living in the wrong world, Poppet. I'm sorry, I don't want scouts carrying knives. I don't care what you say. I know years ago it was probably OK, but times they are a-changing. You know, scouts carrying knives, I'm sorry. It's not all, oh, let's go and cut a branch off a tree and make a wigwam. You know, we're not doing that anymore in Deptford, let me tell you. And I, I just don't like, what do you need a knife for? Cutting a piece of string. Well, you know, wait till you go home. I don't think it's absolutely necessary. Uh, a Scout Association spokesman said, Scouting helps to prepare young people with valuable life skills while keeping them safe by not carrying knives. So that's good. But troop leader, you know, she thinks it, it's very sad. Scouts, by law, are allowed to have Swiss army knives. Well, you can't have... To, by law, they're allowed to have Swiss... You can't have that. Listen, I thought years ago, we all had the Swiss army knife. I've got one at home myself somewhere, and it's got a thing for taking a stone out of a horse's hoof, because I've used that one never. It's got a pair of scissors, which I've never used. It's got um, a nail file I've never used. It's got a little compass built into it, and then it's got a big blade, a little blade, and another blade, and then it's got something else. I can't remember the other thing it's got. And whatever it is, you don't actually need any of it. You don't need to carry a knife. God of the days when... You know, you had to have this thing. Probably if you were going camping in the middle of Epping Forest or something like that, then it was fine. But these knives are dangerous. 
They're absolutely... Little children can cut themselves to pieces. So why on earth a troop leader would think that, um, you know, people should carry knives? I've got no idea. A balmy of the First Order, I'm afraid. An absolute balmy. Uh, Mike Ward is the one who was talking about uh, Jamie. Uh, How ya doing, man? Thanks for letting me come, bro. He said, and seemingly most crucial uh, of all to him, looking at the complexities of this socially deprived neighbourhood... I want to know, he declared, how many kids like Rigo who try to create new lives actually pull it off? I mean, <laughs> it was a pile of pants, I'm afraid. And it was, it was very... In, in, in episode one, he didn't bother very much with recipes. Uh, well, he, he did two, actually. One looked like something the dog had just thrown up in the corner, and the other was something else. And he's going, this is great, because at one point he's in a kitchen of this restaurant where they obviously do, like, fajitas and they do wraps and everything else. And he's saying to this girl, because I do this. For some reason, Jamie can't just put stuff in a wrap. He has to hold it from on high and throw it down on it. It's all, it's all a bit it's a bit pants, I'm afraid. But he did it. And you could see this girl looking at him, th- and she's got tattoos all the way up her arms. She's quite clearly a member of a girl gang somewhere. And she's looking at him thinking, who are you? Who? But I know you've got a film crew, so I've got to try to pretend that I understand what I'm doing here, all right? And they started doing it, and they made this thing at the end. And then you sort of get a close-up of him eating it, and you think, oh, God. But he looked petrified going into the front garden of this, this bloke's house, who's now a chef, apparently, somewhere. But he used to be in a gang, because that made him, like, you know, top, top man in his neighbourhood. But it was, it was the bloke in the wheelchair who was in a gang, but had been shot, so he spent the rest of his life being pushed around by his friends. Hardly very butch, is it, in Los Angeles? But uh, it was nice. Um, 84850, Bill says, If Jordan was the only woman left in the world, I'd rather become gay. Oh, well, there you go. There is, there is that argument, I suppose. There is that argument. Cocaine-shamed Kerry Katona claims she's so hard up she can't afford rehab. Well, if you stopped eating kebabs, love, you might be able to afford something in there. She had planned to get clean in an American clinic, but can't raise the cash. No, you didn't. Stop telling lies. Dreadful. She says husband Mark Croft, alleged to have blown a million and a year on Flash Motors, demanded she cancel the trip. Why don't you just sell the cars? I mean, doesn't it make... Per- the trouble is, I was, I was told she doesn't own the cars, they're on lease. Because she's not earned the sort of money she thinks she's earned. She might have earned a million pounds, but do you remember the story in the paper yesterday that uh, Jade hasn't got any money left? Jade Goody money went for the simple reason that even though in the last few months she earned some money for the wedding shoot and a few other bits and pieces, then she didn't work for too much. She didn't do anything at all. Turns out she hasn't paid tax for three years. So the tax man has come back, according to the News of the World yesterday, and gone, I think we'll have that money. So out of the supposed £4 million she left, he's taken all of it, barring, I think, 800000 of which 300000 is going on tax for the last period, because she hadn't paid any... She hadn't filed any tax returns, it appears, which is a very dangerous thing to do. And uh, her expenses, they reckon, were running at £500,000 a year. Because she was running... And then somebody said, what about the houses? Well, it's got so desperate that Jackie Button, the uh, one-armed lesbian, former lesbian mother, who now lives in Spain, so she can really look after her, uh, her grandchildren, wants the wedding ring back which Jade bought for the wedding, which cost 300,000 quid, because she said she wants that back from Jack Tweed. Unfortunately, he's a bit detained at the moment. And so she wants that back because she said that's going to go for the kids' education. So they're only going to end up with about five, six hundred thousand pounds left in the kitty. So all that money that Jade earned at the end... You imagine, poor, poor woman. She must be turning wherever she is, looking every time she opens up the paper. There he is again. There's her mother again. And now the bombshell that there's no money. So just about get the kids educated... But I did say before, and I stand by it again, it's no good earning all that money, six million quid or four million or whatever it happened to be. I'm sure it was overhyped. And she was going to 
give it for her kids' education. Well, no child's education costs four million. And remember, she's a Bermondsey girl. They're with their father, who's an Essex boy. There's no point in sending these kids to a posh school because they're going to come home and they're going to be speaking completely differently within a short space of time. I'm telling you, you can spot kids who go to a good school a mile off. It's the haircuts, it's the way they conduct themselves. So you're going to get Jade's kids coming back from school, you know, to their father, uh, Jeff, who can't talk like that. And, uh, and they're going to be, hello, father. And he's going to be going, what the hell are you sounding like? And then they're going to start resenting him. So you're going to end up with kids with problems. Because they're going to go, why, why are we not living in a big house like we should do? We don't want to talk about mother because that was different. But, you know, we should be in a big house now. You can't give them that, that sort of very expensive education and then expect it not to change their life. When I went to my first school, I used to go to people's houses. You'd be sort of farmed out to people's houses. And you'd go around there and think, blimey, these people have got money. You know, you'd go for a weekend or something. I mean, these people had loads of money. Dreadful. Angela says, I dropped the hoover arm on my big toe and I thought I'd lose the toenail. Now I have a completely new toenail. I've been waiting for the top nail to drop off for ages. Oh, crikey. I did that once. I was moving flat years and years ago, and we had a transit van. And as I got out the transit van, I slammed the door with my thumb still in it. And I remember going, ooh, that hurts. That's, that's a bit painful. And so I opened the door and took my thumb out, and it then ended up looking like one of those cartoon thumbs, where it was sort of glowing red. And I'm going, oh, dear. We're going, Ew. Like that. And so I, th- I thought nothing of it. I thought, put it under cold water. Well, of course, within about a week, it had turned black underneath. And I went to the hospital, and they literally got a hot needle and just pushed it straight through the nail to get the blood out. It was very effective. Unfortunately, it just made me feel quite sick. And so they then... She said, oh, don't worry, the nail will drop off. And lo and behold, the nail did drop off, and another nail grew. But it was not a pleasant experience. I'm prone to doing it. I'm absolutely prone to doing it, I'm afraid. It, it's dreadful. Um, another one... Oh. Sorry, another one here that says, uh, I'm convinced after the June Brown interview, Barbara Windsor got her wish to be on EastEnders after planting the idea on your show. Well, in fact, it, it has to be said that Barbara was on the programme and I'd said to her, what would you like to do? She said, I'd love to be in EastEnders. Within a month, she'd got the gig. But I put that down to her agent, Barry, who, uh, who, who got her the gig. But she had, she'd said, I'd love to be on EastEnders. And lo and behold, she was. Oh, here's this woman. We were asking the other day who she is. Nicola McLean. Apparently, she's some sort of wag. And uh, she's, she's model. But the trouble is, they're not models, these people. When they say they're models, what they mean is they generally get their boobs out. They're not proper models. Kate Moss would be a proper model. Um, you know, any of these sort of people. But not girls who go out with footballers. They're not models. They're sort of the lower end of the market. They're sort of the ones who go, just because I've got bleach blonde hair... And I get my boobs out for the boys. That makes me a model. No, it doesn't. A model, as I say, is somebody who can do catwalks. None of these girls could do catwalk shows because they, A, they can't, they just don't have the right look. That's why if you actually see Kate Moss close, close up, you go, she's not very attractive. Yet by the time she's been done up with hair and everything else, whereas the, these poor wags, the, the ones that the footballers go out with, the only reason they go out with footballers is because footballers are a bit thick. Well, actually, they're more than a bit thick. Most of them are completely dim as planks. But they go out with bleach blonde, big busted girls. Because they don't talk to them. That's why they actually get rid of them very quickly. So you go to any London nightclub, most nights of the week, and you'll find things like Nicola McLean standing outside, wearing practically nothing, freezing to death. Because they're desperately trying to find a footballer, or anybody who will keep them in the style to which they want to become accustomed. Keep the money for later, Steve. Jade's kids don't need to go to a posh school. I don't think they do either. 
I really don't. I think it would ruin them completely if they went to a posh school. Also, because, as I say, their father's not that educated. And he's also not very good. I've seen him on, on the television. He's, he's currently one of the GMTV people. Oh, I've, oh, laugh. Might be fisticuffs tomorrow night. Sorry, it's my stomach. Uh, fisticuffs tomorrow night because Peter Andre has got his first reporting job for GMTV. Because he's been taken on as a reporter. He's got no qualification in this, as you will discover. And it's on the red carpet for the TV Quick Awards. So he'll be standing there. Who do we think's going to turn up? Jordan. We think Jordan could turn up as a guest. Although why, I've got no idea. But if they're clever, they'll actually get Jordan to walk down the carpet and he'll have to be standing there with his little microphone. Um, so what, what, what's it like being here, ex-wife? <laughs> I think that would be quite funny. It won't happen, but it would be quite funny. A very good scenario. What, what I find is even funnier is that they're not divorced. She's already having relations with this cage fighter, she's told us. And there was another one before that. Whereas Peter has been really good. Not done anything at all. He's just been, just been a nice person. Very nice person. Simon says, I've just seen a trailer today for a remake of Fame. The movie coming out this month. Look, very high school musical and very Disney-fied. Are you sure it's Fame again? It is, oh, it is absolutely... There's another... What, the old I want to live forever? Oh, God. What, using what? Different storyline? Because the fame... Same story? Oh, my God. Because so many of the cast... In fact, actually... Actually, that ties in very nicely because I spoke to Debbie Allen of Fame, Fame, only a short while ago, and she's coming back into town to do something. So I quite like the idea of it coming... Of what, I don't know why you should remake these things. I didn't like the, uh, the remake of Mission Impossible. I thought that was rubbish, I'm afraid. Because the original Mission Impossibles I've got on box set and they're very, very good. Unfortunately, I didn't think the, uh, the one that came out at the cinema was any good at all. He says, why can't Disney leave the classics alone? Money. They're trying to find something that makes money, I think. Uh, Steve, uh, the thing is, this is on uh, Jamie Oliver, it was so forced, yo bro, what's up? You know, is the kind of thing. He says, uh, he seemed petrified. Oh, I think he looked scared. He was just trying to be accepted because they didn't know who... They quite clearly had no idea who on earth he is or was or anything. He's just a bloke who turns up and he's got a... He has a film crew with him. So when he goes, yo, bro, they're probably thinking, what are you on about? What are you on about? And then he proceeded on their little barbecue to make this food, thinking, if I don't do this properly, I might be going, I'm in a wheelchair myself. Weather for today, sunshine at times, large amounts of cloud, dry for much of the day. Maximum temperature, 22 degrees. Currently, it's 15. Tonight, some cloud around. Staying dry for the evening with a chance of some drizzle overnight. And that takes us quite nicely to quarter to six. These are the headlines. The son of Colonel Gaddafi says Libya will resist any claims for compensation from the families of IRA victims who say the Libyan regime supported the Republican militants. A man's during court later charged with attempted murder in relation to the £40 million Mayfair jewellery robbery. He's also accused of conspiracy to rob and unlawful imprisonment. And congestion on our roads has gone down since the start of the recession. According to the AA, it's dropped by a third since 2007. Let's have a check on the state of the roads for you this morning. It's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Uh, we'll start in accident, actually, where there's been an accident and the high street is closed. Oh, I like that music. I quite like that. That's a bit funky, isn't it? Yo, bro. Down with the homeboys. 12 minutes to 6. 30 minutes to 6. Uh, Johnny says, don't call me, bro. I think if everyone is honest, they would love to get paid a lot of money for doing very little. Showbiz is an easy target to be jealous of concerning the so-called overpaid without finding out the complete breakdown of a salary. Other jobs are well paid and get away with the public not moaning. Mind you, he says, I've never quite understood how Eamon Holmes is taken seriously for any job, but he does very well. Of course, that was the funny thing. I was nearly working with Eamon Holmes today. 
nearly working because they asked me to do the papers on this morning. <laughs> and I, th- I thought about it and I thought, oh, I'm not really interested in doing things like that. And I suddenly thought, gosh, Eamon Holmes will still be there. That'll be nice, won't it? I'll be looking forward to that one. Oh, so tell me, Steve, what's in the papers? <laughs> so I'll be sitting there doing the papers on this morning. Very interesting. OK, Celebrity Chart. This week, I'm afraid it's still Katie Price, followed by Kerry Katona, Peter Andre and Danny Minogue. What a naff lineup! What a naff lineup! That's their chart. Uh, Danny Minogue, telling about her rugby hunk lover Chris Smith, claims he's ready to pop the question. Is this for the second time or the third time for Danny Minogue? I think she's been married once before. She was married to McMahon, wasn't she? Who did nip and tuck and whose father was, I think, a former Premier of Australia. So I think she's probably... She went out with a racing driver as well. I'm sure she went out with a racing driver. In the back of my mind, I'm sure I've seen Danny Minogue, a racing driver. Was it Villeneuve? It can't be Villeneuve. It must have been somebody else. But she definitely went out with this guy, McMahon. And I think he starred in Nip and Tuck. So let's have a quick check. We'll just have a relationships. Here we go. Julian McMahon. There you go. She met. Uh, they were married for less than two years and divorced. She said it was her biggest regret and biggest downfall. Then she posed nude for Playboy. Really? Remember that one? Heavens above. And uh, it's sold out in that. Mind you, this is Wikipedia, isn't it? You can change it. You can make her look very successful on this quite easily. And um, then, oh, that's right, Jacques Villeneuve, she became engaged to. And then she began dating Craig Logan. And now she's dating Chris Smith. Oh, she's done the round, hasn't she? Good grief. I mean, four people. That's a huge amount of people. So engaged, but then didn't marry Jacques Villeneuve. Married Julian McMahon. And then went out with uh, Craig Logan, who was, of course, the bassist who ended up with a million pounds from Bross, which is far more than the poor Bross boys ever ended up with. But he left, so they went off uh, by themselves. And now she's with Chris Smith. Interesting. Uh, And then she's been through various controversies. I met her once, actually. I thought she was a bit snooty. I met her at some do backstage at the BBC and she was and uh, she was there. Nobody was speaking to her and she wasn't speaking to anybody else either. But uh, I suppose she's quite interesting in a strange way. Unfortunately, it's all Kylie, isn't it? Everybody likes Kylie. Uh, Victoria Beckham is also in the OK Celebrity Chart together with Mel B. And she got sloshed at a lingerie bash. There's a surprise. Uh, Chanel Hayes, apparently recovering from the blues with Callum Best. On a lad's holiday. They don't learn, do they, these silly little girls? They really don't. And here's uh, Declan Donnelly spending his day with the other half. This is the Sky Sports presenter, uh, Georgie Thompson. I can only suggest, Georgie, when you go back and you look at these pictures, you will suddenly realise this dress is just not you, I'm afraid. I don't want to be rude about it, because I'm, I'm not a fashion icon or anything like that. But uh, I, this really isn't the best dress for you. And my God, you must be tiny. Because he's not exactly blessed with height. They have got a book out at the moment. And uh, they, were at a, they were at a wedding the other day. But a wholly inappropriate outfit. Come on. Unless you've got really chunky thighs, you can wear a much shorter skirt. Uh, Robert Wilkinson and Holly Jacques are on holiday. Uh, the reason they're on holiday is because they didn't have passports and the Daily Star arranged for them to get passports so they can now go on their holiday. It's amazing how many people come to book holidays, you've probably done it yourself, and then suddenly thought, get the passport out, check that, oh my God, it's expired. Because they don't send you a reminder. They never, ever send you a reminder saying, by the way, your passport's just about to run out. Like, I got a thing the other day, very odd, because if, if I'd been a tourist, I'd have fallen for it. I went to see, as you know, Oliver on Friday night at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane, more of which a little bit later, but it did go on the blog yesterday. And, and I, I booked my car 
onto a parking space, which was just at the bottom of the road, and the parking ran out at 6.30. Stupidly, I, I, it's, it's, you have to type in on your, on your phone how many minutes you want, and I put in 180 minutes, which was three hours, which actually was half an hour more than I needed, because it finished at 6.30, but I had it running till 7. And I'm sitting in the theatre, and I get a message on my phone. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm having a drink somewhere. And it said, your parking is about to run out... Would you like to add more money to it? And I'm thinking, but it finishes at 6.30. It's now quarter to seven. Why, why would I want to add more money? It's finished. So I had to sort of come out of the theatre, go down the road to the car to check that the, the meter actually said, or the sign, this finishes at 6.30. I thought, I'd better read it in case I go back and there's a wheel clamp on it or it's been taken away. But then that's a bit naughty because somebody else might be sitting there thinking, oh, God, obviously that, that, uh, that particular parking bay, you need more money on. And they would have added more money because they don't give you a refund on it. So I was, I was quite lucky. I walked down the road and, uh, and actually checked it. Oh, blimey. Imagine. It cost me 11 quid as it was. £11 just to park. And it was only for... I think it was an hour and a half. So I think I put in two hours, whatever. £11. It was absolutely outrageous. Absolutely outrageous piece of parking. Dreadful. Uh, right. My how low for today. It's a very nice one. It's a Dell laptop. I had my own Dell laptop... But this is one that you can share in again today. Runs till 6pm today. And this is brilliant. 160 gigabytes of hard drive. Plenty of room to store your photos and music. Simple to use. Comes preloaded with Windows Vista. And it's got a 15-inch screen. Lowest unique bid will win. So, for example, if you think this is going to go for 47p, you text LBC 47 and then send that to treble eight. Two one so LBC forty seven but then it's your your bid in pence, and then send that to treble eight two one eight 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 two one. If for example you want to bid one pound twenty three, you text LBC and then one two three, and then send that to treble eight two one. Lowest unique bid will win. That's the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. The bid will cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at six pm. You must be over sixteen. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Good luck. I'll mention that to you again in the, uh, the next part of the programme. Apparently, bare-knuckle fighting's been around before the Queen's rules. I thought was that the Marquis of Cre- Queensbury who brought in the rules. Yes, bare-knuckle fighting, I think, had been around. There was a famous guy called Jack somebody years ago, years and years ago, back in Victorian times, and he was a bare-knuckle fighter before they started wearing gloves. But everybody then used to do bare-knuckle fighting. For some reason, it sort of made a comeback, but only in certain certain uh, sections of the community. Uh, Johnny says, I'm getting goosebumps. Can't wait for the TV show of the year. It has an award-winning journalist, an ordinary geezer, and an ordinary girl next door, plus some unknown from the You're Fired show. Yep. The show is to rival the BBC's one show. Channel 5 have put their own together with the classic line-up cl- line of Ian Wright, Melinda Messenger... And some girl who was fired off The Apprentice. And this, they think, is the winning combination. Ian Wright, who will stumble through everything. When he used to do the lottery, it took them ages to do it because it's just not all there in the upstairs department. So Ian Wright will be doing it. Melinda Messenger can't get a gig for love nor money. And I'm afraid we'll just look a little bit bleach blonde and a little bit overmade up for the television. I think she has the same makeup artist as Jordan. She's not exactly the best makeup artist in the world. In fact, they actually got it wrong on the telly today. They said makeup artist Phil Turner. I thought, no, Phil's the boyfriend of the makeup artist. Phil was one of the big strong boys. 
sort of. 84850, uk. The mansion where Michael Jackson died will not be a public shrine. Should not do it. It wasn't his. It was rented. You imagine somebody else moves in there and people start trooping up and peering through your window. No, 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 no. It would never be. An associate of the, uh, the pad, which they reckon was um, uh, worth 18 million. 18 million? It can't be worth 18 million, can it? It could be 18 million dollars, I suppose. Um, has said now that uh, it, it will not be a shrine to him. So what's going to happen to the other places that he had? But I think they'd all gone, hadn't they? Apparently, Jacko's brother, Randy... Uh, blasted news helicopters for disrupting the star's funeral. I tell, you, I tell you what, Randy, we were so bored with it by that time. You know, it had gone on and on, and the family had milked it. So when the coffin arrived, uh, they then had to withdraw with the cameras. But I think a couple of the news stations kept the cameras flying overhead in a helicopter, so they filmed the service. Which, But the trouble is, it's Michael Jackson. You're going to get it, aren't you? I can't imagine why on earth the family who was so publicity hungry have started complaining about it. We didn't see him. We didn't have an open coffin, and all they did, they had the service outside, and then they wheeled him into the mausoleum. And I think Gladys Knight then, then sang. I shall find out from Gladys when she comes in. She's coming in to see me very shortly, and I'm going to find out uh, exactly what's... Because apparently she reduced people to tears. No, I love Gladys Knight. Big fan of Motown. Big, big fan of Motown. <clears throat> Cops have swooped on a couple to seize a bottle of champagne that a florist sent to the wrong address. Imagine how desperate people are nowadays, can't you? Retool and Dimple Shah received this bottle of bubbly sent by Mrs Shah's parents for their wedding anniversary. But within 24 hours, two police officers have called round to ask it back. Ferrin Alley, owner of the florist Louise of Purley, contacted the police. She said the bottle wasn't returned despite repeated phone calls to Mrs Shah's mum, adding she gave us the runaround. So, in other words, it went to the wrong address. Bit bizarre, isn't it? So you get a bottle of champagne and then she sends the police round. God, you think the police would have better things to do than, than to go round there and start taking, uh, you know, bottles of champagne. It's only worth 25 quid or something. People do send that, though, don't they? People, you know, I've had bottles of champagne sent to me. And chocolates. It's quite nice. Champagne and chocolates we've had. But not anything for a little while. So I'm seriously hoping, if anybody's listening at the moment, that they could actually send out some more, some more sort of champagne. And ch- not that I'm a great champagne drinker, but first thing in the morning, it apparently... Um, Apparently perks you up a little bit. You can wear six-inch killer heels. 65 quid you can pay for them. Be like Victoria Beckham. The trouble is you'll end up spending an absolute fortune on foot repair. For the, for the heels, for every, it's just going to be a nightmare. They're also not very clever to wear. They've, they've got people wearing them like Victoria Beckham, which just looks ridiculous. It's like standing on tippy-toe. And if you imagine standing on tippy-toe and walking at the same time, as far as I'm concerned, an absolute recipe for total disaster. Uh, which isn't us, because it's Steve Allen's early breakfast, and it's LBC. This year's must-see comedy, Julie and Ju- Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Six minutes past uh, six, Monday morning. Lovely day. Well, I hope it's going to be a nice day, actually. I like it when I get up in the morning. The funny thing is, you know, years ago, you'd look out the window and go, I wonder what the weather's going to be like. And in my case, it's pitch dark. Monday morning, Tuesday morning, when- it's all the same, actually. Pitch dark. It's like winter. It's an autumnal day. Susan Spence is with us. Good morning. Morning. I did think of it. I did say to my cab driver on the way, and I, when I came out, it's like, God, it's dark. It is dark, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. All of a sudden, it's uh, just come down. In fact, it's strange, actually, because we can't be far away from actually coming in in the dark and going home in the home dark. Home in the dark. When did the clocks go back, then? They haven't done it yet, have they? No, no, no. No, don't say that. Because no. Go, do you know, October, panicky, isn't it? I went quite panicky on yesterday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> And I woke up in the morning and I thought, it seems a bit lighter than usual. And I looked around and I thought, 
I hope to God the clocks haven't gone back. <laughs> so they go back, we spring forward. Spring forward fall and fall back. back. So we're going so in back awesome. an hour. Yeah, so and it will be darker. It will be, and I don't think we do that for another month or so. It's October we do it. Oh, right. So it's, it's still a while, eh? But you wouldn't know it. No, you wouldn't. No. Mm. I'm not over... Actually, funny, I, I, I said to somebody the other day, I was talking to somebody in, in Marks, and I was saying, given the choice between summer and winter, I like winter best. Oh, me too. I love winter. I love winter mornings. Yeah. I love it when it's crunchy under your feet. Uh-huh. I love it when it snows. Inc- I, I, my favourite, favourite type of day is, in the winter is like a crisp, fresh, a little bit of sunshine and blue sky, but that mm. crispness and feel about it, you know, wrapped up and, yeah. you know, you can feel the freshness going up your nose and all that kind of thing. Oh, I love that as well. That yeah. big Sinex. <laughs> <laughs> the freshness that's the inhaler hanging out one nostril <laughs> <laughs> i remember actually being in yorkshire and having to walk to the bus in the morning because we used to have i mean when i look back at the buses that we had they were coaches with maquette seats and had an old door it was, they just looked like something out of an old the titfield thunderbolt that if you remember that film no the ma- oh, right. maquette seats maquette that? it's like um like a flock wallpaper type seat. All right. They used to have it on the tube years ago. I think it's like you can buy if you go to the London transport uh, shop. They sell a bag made out made out of this material. <laughs> it's quite funny. Anyway, so we used to have to walk, and it must have been a good three quarters of a mile to get the bus, which only went on the main road. And we were in the village, and you'd walk up the lanes, and you would deliberately jump in puddles that were frozen on the top, mm. and occasionally you'd break the ice. Yeah. And leaves were. Oh, I used to love it. This frost all over the place. Brilliant. It is. It, it is um, a nice um, time of year. I, I have to say, and I don't even. Do you know? I don't even mind when it comes down in sheets, as long as I'm not out in it. Oh no, I quite like being out in it. Because remember when it, when it snowed this year, and we had the really bad snow that came down. All the buses were cancelled. Oh yeah. And I came in in a car in the morning. It managed to get to me, and I'd looked out thinking, well, that's a bit of snow, isn't it? Anyway, this this poor little man had quite clearly never driven in snow before or even seen it before. And so we, so we sort of set off on this precarious journey. And, of course, when it's, when it's snow everywhere, everything is lit up. Mm. It, it looks, because yeah, it is light. Yeah, there's a real glow about oh, it, it looks isn't fantastic. It? And we got in here. Then when I finished, I thought, how am I going to get home? <laughs> and I walked over the bridge to Waterloo, and the snow was driving it. And I've got my umbrella at one side to try and keep the snow. It was, it was quite, quite exciting, actually. I quite liked it. Oh, I don't mind driving snow. I meant driving rain. I like to. I like to. I love oh, I like to be rain. inside, and it absolutely come. I mean, even last week, um, the, we had quite a lot of rain, and I love it. All of a sudden, I can hear it battering against the window, and I think, oh yes, I have to have a look. Still lives in that caravan. Yeah. I must tell you, <laughs> it batters against the window. I love it though. Yeah, I do. I think it's great. Bad, bad weather's great. Sunshine, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not big on at all. I don't do lying on beaches or that kind of stuff. No, you, I, no, I know you, you don't. I have to admit, I, I was quite pleased that the the summer that they promised us never materialised. I was dreading that hot, hot horribleness, oh, no. uh, travelling in the tube and even going outside and all of that, just thinking, oh yuck, and it never happened. I'm I've, like, I've not yes. been on a tube for ages now. I just don't do tubes. I do buses. Mm. I do buses because I've got my Oyster card. Well, you can quite... use your Oyster card on the bu- on the tube. Yes, but I don't want to go on the tube. I don't, mm. I'm not big on going underground. But really where you are, there's not really much need to, is no, there really? No, no. I mean, but if, if I was bus... going to do anything, I would take a bus mm. to somewhere because I quite like doing the old route masters as well, which go down the Strand. They're lovely. I, I, I like to go on the top deck. Oh, do you? Yeah, I like to go on, on the top deck. I like I... sitting behind the driver. 
Oh, do you? I'm watching them drive, yeah. You can, now it is. Can you, can you see anything? Yes. Do not yes. Them well, out you, well, you could on, on the route master. Oh, yes. on the route master, yes. Yeah, on, on the other buses, you're right, you can't, yeah. unless you stand opposite them. But uh, now on the route masters, you sit right behind. You watch them pushing the buttons, and mm. you can see the, the cable where somebody goes ding, ding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that, that was always good fun. But I do like going in the top deck, and I always like to have the front seat. And it amazes me when they turn. I think, oh my god, we're going to hit that. That yes. Yeah, it's just like it's the whole illusion. They're going to hit the bit. traffic light. Yeah, get, you think, oh, we missed it. it. We're going to whack that car. We're going to take half that tree off. Yeah. And we never do. It's good, isn't it? Mm, yeah, it's great. Actually, good strange fun. enough, I woke up this morning. I turn on the telly, I cr- cruise through the, the news channels, and then I get on the buses. Is on. Oh really? <laughs> and it's the one where they had to take a bus underneath a railway bridge, but they didn't know there was a railway bridge there and it took the top, oh, of, the took the top of the bus off. And that's happened on more than one occasion in real life, Oh, I my think. God, yeah. Where people with have had these disasters. consequences. Yes. They now have to put a sign-up saying, this bus is so tall, this bridge is this tall, just so the drivers realise what, what's going exactly, on. Exactly, but there still have been incidents where the drivers have forgotten mm. what height they are. I think some of them forget they're driving a double-decker. Well, yeah, I'm sure they must a lot of the time just go on autopilot. Yeah, I suppose you would after a while. Yeah. I've always wanted to drive a bus or a coach. I've driven a bus before. Have you? Mm. There used to be a skid patch at Chiswick, and it was the London Transport skid patch. And it was all, I think it was oil and water. And so the bus would go, then they'd brake, and the bus would go all the way round at the back. They were seeing if they, they could handle it on a slippery road. That's why when they didn't run in the snow, I thought, well, all these drivers know how to drive these things. Maybe they don't get the same kind of training as they used to. Probably not, actually. Uh, I need to get a pen knife, says Warren, because I go camping quite a bit, because they, they, they're going to ban pen knives from uh, scouts. They don't Are want they? them to carry knives. Well, I, I don't want them to carry knives either. Oh, but, I mean, a scout is meant to carry a knife. It's like, be prepared, you know? Well, he'll just have to be prepared with something else. He's not going to be prepared with a knife. They've decided not to... Uh, well, well, how they, are they going to do de- their knots and cut things off the trees and well, all that kind well, of thing? Well, they just won't. They'll have to go out and buy ready-prepared knots and trees <laughs> something. How are you going to camp without a pen knife? Well, you just... We didn't have a pen knife. Oh, I did when I was in Garagai. Did you? Oh, yeah, we had a pen knife, yeah. Oh, lovely. Could I have a Swiss army knife? But I've still got it somewhere. No. Yeah, Actually, I, I have a Swiss, Swiss pen knife as well. Mm. Which got the sort of the Swiss cross on it. It's got all these gadgets which you oh, never use. Am- oh, I know, but it's amazing what they put in there. <laughs> well, as I say, we had the thing which took stones out of horses' hooves. Never once did I use it or even come close to it. No, no, you wouldn't. So why was it in there? Well, do the no. Swiss rush around going? I must find a horse. It's like you know, you you never know. At least you were ready if something happened. You know, and, and even though that's what it was designed for, you could have used it for something else. I think that be prepared comes from a different generation. Nowadays, um, yes, of course, it you does. don't. I mean, I know that there's just been a big girl guide jamboree. Has there somewhere in London? I can't remember where it was. People wrote in to tell us about it, and I thought I've seen that the scout ones. They have that down in in Essex because they had a lot of scouts who came over from Africa and they disappeared. <laughs> they <laughs> claimed asylum for some strange reason. They couldn't believe their luck. Mm. They sort of arrived in. Why is it called a Swiss knife? Because uh, I think they originated in Switzerland. It was the idea of having a knife that had all the different things, opposed to a different instrument for this, different instrument for that, you know, different... It all came in one knife and it all fitted in together. Used to be, there's a Swiss Army knife shop in London. It's got a big one in the window and all the bits yeah, come in and right, out. Yeah, that's right, all the bits, that's right, yeah, they do. Just, just to they prove. Yeah. That's why, Warren, that's why it does that. Listen, what we'll do, we'll, we'll ask Susan to go through the, uh, the soaps. Mm. I did watch a bit of Emmerdale the other day. Oh, good. I'm a bit confused. Oh, well, I'll clear that up for big, you. A bit confused by why... What's it still in it with his acting? It's just, he cannot act. It's getting oh, worse. Oh, Maxwell Caulfield. Maxwell, it's getting worse and worse. He doesn't know what to do with his hands. <laughs> Whereas most people just, you know, they, they, he, he doesn't. He just sort of stands there. And it's, obviously, the walking and talking bit is a bit difficult for but him. But you see, trees don't have hands. That's his problem. 
That is true. That's uh, very good. You'll have to work that one out at home. OK? It's uh, 6.15. News headlines, Matthew Schofield. Lawyers for victims of the IRA bombings have welcomed Gordon Brown's U-turn. Three. Morning, everybody. With Nick this morning, Matthew Taylor, looking at the papers. He's chief executive of the Royal Society of Arts, former chief of political strategy for Tony Blair. Uh, talk about the BNP, whether or not they should be allowed to have a greater platform to debate on. This is uh, with the news in the paper today that they're going to be invited onto Question Time. They haven't said they're definitely going to be invited. They've said that there is a, there is a possibility that they will. Uh, and also, they're going to be talking about uh, Gordon Brown's U-turn on the IRA compensation. Can we trust a Prime Minister who can't make up his mind? And should social workers take children away from bad parents? This in the light of these two children at the moment who also uh, who practically mirror the Jamie Bulger case uh, again because their, mothers, their, their mother gave them cannabis, their father was drunk, and uh, they were just awful. And we, we had this before, didn't we, people discussing these devil children, mm. children who run feral. They're all over the place. They're not, just in, they're not confined to one area. Oh, they God, seem no. to be all over the place. Badly behaved children, I'm afraid. And it's generally bad parents, generally. Uh, good weekend for Noreen. She says, we're all beetled out. Watched loads of the programmes over the weekend. I preferred the early years. And, of course, Clive Bull's back as well on LBC. So that's good news. Susan Spence is with us. Good morning. In the studio. So mm. in soaps, I'm, I'm a little bit confused with uh, what's going on in Emmerdale at the moment. What's confusing? Well, I just get confused about the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know, because we appear to have Matthew, uh, Maxwell Caulfield's son, who appears to drink. Oh, yes, Nathan. Nathan. And is, is this his well, father or his yes. mother? No, it's his father. The problem is um, Nathan has discovered that uh, his father ha- has had an affair with Faye, who is in the village, and her son, Ryan, he has befriended. Now, he's kind of half onto it, as is Ryan, but what they don't actually know is that uh, Mark is actually Ryan's father. He was originally married to Faye, but then did a runner and disappeared, changed his name, got married, had a completely new life, and so you-know-what is going to hit the fan at some stage. But um, Nathan has taken it particularly hard that his father cheated on his mother. Um, and it has turned to drink and various other things. What God alone knows how it's going to affect him when he finds out that his father was actually is not who he says he is. I mean, it's just going to be the poor guy is going to go into complete. Very meltdown. embarrassing. I, I do think it's quite um, the, the chap who plays Nathan, um, uh, Lyndon Ogborn. Um, originally, when he first started, I didn't really think much of him, but the way he's acted over the last week, he's been very, very mm. good. Um, and this is the problem when you have um, Amanda Donahue. Um, Lyndon Ogborn and Maxwell Caulfield all on the one scene yeah. because poor Maxwell it makes him just look even worse than than he actually is although to be fair to him I have found myself looking at some scenes thinking you did alright in that one you, you, you're getting there um, and you just think surely it's going to rub off on him somewhere along the way like a scene from Acorn Antiques where the, where the director's going come on Bo yeah. come on you can do it you can just imagine the control room going come on act act yeah. no he's and not they, done it again there must be just they must he have... can't walk and talk I've discovered he's sort of he's just awkward he, he'll come in he had a scene this week where he walks into the kitchen and the boy's sitting there with a drink or something and he has to go to the stove and he doesn't quite know what to do he's trying to have the conversation with this boy and he's sort of and I thought it just doesn't look natural. No. He, I don't know he, what it is. He, he doesn't. And, and, you know, bless him, he's being shown up by some very good actors around him. 
Um, so, but you know, <laughs> I mean, in a way, the, that whole family, the Wilds, I love them. I think whoever put that together was a stroke of genius. I think it's a great family to have. Mm. Um, you know, we had the Bartons then follow follow them, who I don't think are good at all. I couldn't care less about Is this any a new of family. Them. The family in Fa- the father who looks like a model. Yes. Um, and two, two odd children. You've got the, you've got the three children. One of three. them, who of course is Ryan Thomas from Coronation Street, his brother in real life. Um, you've got Natalie J. Robb, who was in Take the High Road in the Bill and had a pop career in Scotland. Um, and you've got them all there, and they just don't gel. They no. just don't gel. They don't, don't even think... look as though they're children from that family. No, they don't. They, they look too young. They yeah. all look... She looks too young, and he looks too young to have that kind of family, yes. in my mind. Yes, the mother looks way too young. Yeah, and I just don't think that they've really fitted that well. And she's got this job in the pub now, and she's trying to, you know... I, I just think, oh, no, you, you just don't do it for me. Um, but we've got a new family arriving, another new family in Where in are they going to live? Um, they're going to live in Holgate Farm, which is um, and which is next to the Dingles. God help them, and they're called the Sharmers. Uh, the Sharmers. Sharmers, yeah. What do they do? <laughs> well, they've actually the factory that used to be the interior design factory that Pollard and Val used to run. Mm. That's now going to become a confectionery sweetie factory. Oh, great! So it's quite a good idea. Oh, sweeties! But what makes me laugh is like Emmerdale. Yeah, Emmerdale is <laughs> like this teeny village in the middle of Yorkshire, but it's like the hub of business. Yeah. All these businesses that move in and make all these things. He just thinks it's a bit strange, isn't it? The Cordon Bleu cooking coming out of the kitchen of the Woolpack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's right, because this Moira woman from the Barton, she started to make her pies, which apparently are flying off the shelves. Um, but this family... <laughs> Where do these people come from? I know, it's mad, isn't it? But Chris Bisson, you remember him? He used to be yes. in Coronation Street. And he also he, is in that uh, East Meets West. And he was in Shameless. Yeah. Um, he's going to be one of the main characters. It's going to be two brothers and a sister. Oh, good. Um, and I think they'll shake the place up a bit. I think they're... And they're so quite becoming good. an Asian family? Yes, they're an Asian family. Will that be joining. the first Asian family for Emmerdale? Yes, I think it will be. They've only been going for so many years and they finally discovered yeah. it's like it, it took Coronation Street ages to put an Asian in a corner shop Yeah. in Manchester I ask you yeah. <laughs> it yeah, takes them a long true. time um, I think there have been odd characters here and there that have kind of cropped up but never a family yeah. so they arrive um, on Friday oh, um, the two brothers do and the girl arrives next week so I mean another that's three families in the space of six months or something for Emmerdale producer. yeah yeah oh there is though there is so um but i tell you what the big thing is in, in Emmerdale this week especially on Thursday with the double episode and that is that Paddy finds out that Chaz has had an affair with Carl and oh my god get the Kleenex out I mean I'm not a fan of Paddy the vet and I know you're not really either but the Just fact a bit drippy for a vet. Would well, you know what it is? It's Carl that I can't bear. I cannot bear the man because he just every everybody's anybody he gets involved with, he ruins their life. And he just thinks it's fine to do that. And of course he walks up to Paddy and says, Oh, by the way, um, you know, Chaz and I are together and we've slept together. And this poor guy is completely gutted. Now Chaz had made the decision not to tell Paddy about the fling and to stay with him. Well, of course, Carl took the decision out of her hands. So in the end, there's a big, big scene in the in the um, in the wool pack where Paddy at last grows a spine and throws her out, tells her exactly what he thinks wow. of her, and she ends up having to move in with Carl because nobody else will take her. But that's good. I think. And Kane a... Dingle appears to be running the garage. Well, it's his daughter who owns the garage. Debbie, remember? Kane Dingle. But Carol, yeah, yeah. The bad boy of Emmerdale, who's now coming on to what's its wife? Faye, who's Ryan's. Well, Faye is Daniel's ex-wife. Well, he's still his wife, really, because he died. Right. Well, she, he pretended he died. I've yeah. just explained that all to you. He but was yeah. coming on to her in the wool pack. Well, they kissed tonight. Oh, they kissed. Yes, they have a little look. Because he he said to her that immortal line. Do you know I'd let you do anything you wanted to me. 
I was nearly <laughs> sick. <laughs> was just... But he's but all these these women. He loves he loves a um, you know a, a so woman attractive. like that. Yeah, he is. But uh, the women do like him, and the he's rough. He, yeah, they like a bit of rough. Yes. Um, but he finds out that really she's just playing him so that she can make Mark jealous because she wants Mark back. Oh right. Yeah. I, but I just why. feel so sorry for mm. Na- Natasha who play, who's played by Amanda Donahoe. Yes. Because she's just been, her life's completely ruined by all of this. <laughs> I know it's you not real. You have to laugh, don't you? Real, you have you know. to laugh. Richie says, Melinda Messenger back on TV. I really like her. He's a big fan of Melinda Messenger. She's going to be doing this Channel 5 chat show. That's right, because didn't she leave? She was on another show and she left that show for this one. Got no idea why. She's it's being fronted been... by that woman who was thrown off The Apprentice, whose name I can't remember, Ian Wright. I don't know who they think they're appealing to on that programme. They program. seem to he, like he, Ian Wright. I've got no idea why. It'll take them forever. And it's a live programme. I oh. believe they're rehearsing at the moment. How you rehearse that kind of thing, I've got no idea. Well, that'd be interesting to see. So who's fronting it? Somebody from The Apprentice? Yes, it's, it's somebody from it's some woman from The Apprentice who's the main presenter. And then they've got two others. Seems a terrible waste of money. Because none of them have actually got any track records of producing a good programme. In the meanwhile, you've got Paul O'Grady threatening to quit and go to Sky because they want to axe the budget, as indeed they do all over the place now. I was surprised when I read that about Paul O'Grady, saying that he wasn't going to take a... he wasn't going to take a cut. Because it's that, you know, everybody's taking a cut. All he's come up with, and it was quite interesting, because Kelvin McKenzie said... He he said, said, people who work with me are my friends. I thought, no, they're not. No, they're not. Just just remember, Paul, they're people who, who, who you employ within your production company. If, if, if it goes somewhere else, they'll go and get jobs elsewhere. They've got their, their, their loyalty is about as far as that, I'm afraid. I was surprised that he said he wouldn't take a cut because he was trying to support the people who worked for him. But I thought, well, if you don't take the cut... He said they have mortgages. I thought, well, that's not your problem. But also, I thought, well, if you don't do the show, then where are they going to go? Well, one of them the turned up anyway, the other day on so... The X Factor. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, one of them turned... One of the people who he uses, because he uses a lot, with a lot of the backstage people mm-hmm. to come on and do, do the programme. He said, they've all got mortgages and things like that, and I'm responsible. I thought, no, you're not. You mustn't get involved like that. That's, otherwise, you'll never end up with a you know, really cracking programme. You've got to let them know who is the boss. But if, at least if he takes a cut, some of them will still keep their jobs, yeah. whereas if he doesn't do the show altogether and nobody else takes it, yes. they'll all lose their jobs. Exactly. So that's what you've got to be careful with. So we actually said to Paul, just just think carefully. Mm-hmm. Look what happened to Richard and Judy and Chloe. Right. It's, um, oh, it's this. This is LBC 97.3. When you move, don't just tell your mum your new address. Let the DVLA know too. They're not going to send you a congratulations on your new home card or a moving in present, but at least you'll be right up to date. Race meetings today, they go at Bath, Folkestone and Newcastle. And the newsroom nag, as we're calling it, is the runs in the 340 at Bath and it's called Femme de Fur. That's femme as in the French for woman. Oh, femme. They femme. say femme. Oh, they, they said femme. Yes, they I say femme or femme? Is that, is that not the French way? Oh, I've got, listen, I've got La no femme. idea. I, mean, I went over there once, had a cup of coffee and came back. I didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, fair enough. Well, actually, uh, surprisingly, the sports editor on Friday had Comedy Hall, which won at five to six. Mm. His profit was £1.67. Your total losses, and this is your mission, mm. should you choose to accept it. You've got to get your losses down from £62.58. pence. Piece of cake. Alex had Spirit of Coniston, which uh, was fifth. His total loss is £13.62, and he's picked 3 o'clock at Newcastle, Princess Charlemagne. Princess Charlemagne. Your one was again, Matt? Femme de fur in the 340 in Bath. <laughs> Fingers. I can't, I'll, I'll have to find out from you later exactly where you're getting these from. <laughs> we shall find I out I will not reveal my sources. Thank you so much indeed. Thanks for that. Matt's about to <laughs> 
Let's have a check on the state of the road, shall we? It's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Uh, starting in Acton, actually, the high street shut both ways. Winchester. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. So we have a new newsroom nap every day now for... Uh, nag. N- nag. Sorry, nag. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> when you said to me newsroom nap, I thought it was a bit strange. It's because I know what a nap snooze. is. Well, I've now forgotten what a nap. But I know what a nag is, but yes. we, we quite like the things to win. We've had some in, in the past that have basically, they, they've gone, go, and ours have headed straight to the glue factory. <laughs> I mean, there is no chance of these things ever running at all. So let's see if we do uh, better with, uh, with Matthew Schofield. We'll be picking the newsroom nag. <laughs> a bit worrying, <laughs> isn't it? Anyway, back to, uh, back to the soaps very mm. briefly. Yeah. EastEnders. So, EastEnders, and I don't know where I am with EastEnders. Well, Daniela Westbrook made her very quick appearance on Friday. Right. How um, was she? Well, you just basically saw from the legs up to her face, and then she made a comment to Bianca, and that was it, and doof, went. Oh, God. So, it all really So, she starts, won't be earning very much then. Well, not from that one. <laughs> Based on she, what June Brown has told she us. She did make an appearance, though. She, she will get a fee. Um, but pretty much all this week, she's in it. Um, and, you know, Peggy doesn't know that she's here, so she's... The whole idea is basically what happened was Phil sent Ricky out to give her some money because she was out in Brazil whereas of course she's had to lie low for a part in Den Watt's death remember yonks ago <laughs> cast um, your mind back yeah so of course it gets out there she's actually not having the will of the time that everybody thinks so she convinces Ricky which wouldn't take much to bring her back so Phil is raging so he's like what the heck did you bring her back for um, because he's worried that they're all going to get thrown into jail for harbouring a criminal. And pretty much by the end of the week, there's a whodunit as to who shopped her. But it finishes on Friday. Very interesting, with lots of people, lots of different characters, looking at their phone, picking up the phone. Oh, but who one of those. It. Yeah, one of those. Oh, I like those. Yeah, it is very good, yeah. I mean, I know who I know who it is, but I'm not going to reveal it. Oh. Um, we'll mm. talk about it next week. Oh, OK. We'll talk about it next Monday. Because mm. um, there's so much um, so much for, for, for them this week to talk about. I mean, it's all, all, pretty much Mitchell, Mitchell, Mitchell all this week. Yeah. But what's so sad about it is that Bianca, whilst he was away, he's decided that Ricky is the love of her life. And she was all ready to tell him this and settle down with him because, of course, that's what he wanted. But remember um, that Sam Mitchell and Ricky used to be married and he always has held a torch for her. Um, and uh, no. by the end of the week, they're engaged. No. Yes. Bianca, not happy. But it's a lot to do with, you know, then they're meant to be going back to Brazil. It doesn't quite happen. Um, but, you know, and Archie gets involved because, of course, you forget that Archie used to be like a stepfather to her because when she was growing up. So there's lots of little bits that they weave into it. And you've got Roxy and Ronnie as well and their relationship growing up. So there's there's a they, they, they touch on quite a few different things mm. in this. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's very good. I'm not a fan of Daniela Westbrook. I really like Kim Medcalf, who mm. played Sam. I thought she was a great actress. But what has Danielle been doing since she's been out in the wilderness? Raising a family. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well. mm-hmm. uh, how long is she in for? Do we know? Is she... Oh, she... she's in indefinitely. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, she's in, she's in indefinitely for the moment. Crikey. So... All right, a couple of your texts and emails. Um, Richie's off on a, a full-day course for Windows 7. Oh, uh, do you know, it's funny. I, I came across that in the night, somebody saying Windows 7 versus Windows Vista. Oh, right. Where, where did you get this from? Okay, it must, well, I don't know. I must, must have been doing some kind of search on Google about something, oh. and it came up, and I thought, Windows 7, is that something You've got courses for these things now. Well, I think if, you, if you're into that kind of thing, you would. Yeah. To realise the difference between them. It's taking oh. me all my time. I mean, I've got Windows Vista. It's taking me all my time to work out what it is. I've got no... Very strangely enough, we, we, we do this computer bit on the programme, as everybody knows, on a Sunday, answering oh, yeah. people's problems. And I'm none the wiser at the end of it. <laughs> I'm absolutely none the wiser. At the moment, I've got a hard drive... Uh, which is a, um, a separate thing, and I click on it to try and drag stuff into mm. it, and I can't open it up. 
It says something to do with a C drive or something. So I've got no idea what's going on there We'd at all. We'd have to get Darren to sort that yeah. out Yeah. Uh, Bryn says, in 1957, 6th of July, Annie and I got married and flew to Engelberg in Switzerland for our honeymoon. I'd never been abroad before. We had a wonderful time. As a present, Annie bought me a beautiful Swiss army penknife. And it, and many new ones, have never left my trouser pocket in the last 52 years. I use it literally every day of my life, from the tweezers, the scissors, the blades, the screwdriver, the corkscrew, the lot. I've given them out as presents to my late father and my son, and regularly buy a new one as the old ones wear out. He said Swiss Army pen knives, the best thing I ever bought. But uh, I now have to remember not to take them on an aeroplane. Yes, because... You can't take things like that on aeroplanes. And the worst thing about that, if you go through past a certain point and you've got it, you've got to put it into that clear box yes. and you'll never see it again and and a swiss army knife is not cheap no they're not quite expensive i had to take my socks off when i was coming back from america they made me i was the only one who was singled out from the line i must look really guilty and they made me take my shoes and socks off and i thought you know i hadn't done my feet that day and they didn't look their best and you sit there you know <laughs> while somebody runs this sort of prod thing over you and i wasn't enjoying myself at all i always get Get Do you get singled out as well? When I'm at, uh, an oh, sometimes I oh, actually go round twice for the frisking, but I just didn't want the feet done. <laughs> I even take take my own stirrups with me now, <laughs> just to make it more interesting for them. Uh, Steve, I agree with you. Read children who speak badly on the television that you can't understand them. Are they not corrected at school, or is it school policy that these children should not be corrected? Do you know, Pat? I wish I knew the answer. Because so many of these of these kids now they don't, and I think they get it from children's programs. You get children's programme presenters who can't speak. Mm. But it's not... They don't seem to deem it as important to speak correctly these days. I think it's because the teachers have got to get so much in uh, that, and every child will speak differently depending on what kind of family they're brought up in that it's a full-time job to teach them how to speak properly. And yeah. they've got so many subjects and different things to cover in the curriculum that it's just not possible. So they just let it go. And then, of course, it gets to a point, it's like anything, if you're into a habit of speaking in a particular way, it's very, very difficult to get them out of it. Mm. It's dreadful, really. Dreadful. Thank you, Nina, for sending in a picture. She did the five-kilometre uh, run yesterday in Hyde Park. They finished in 50 minutes. Oh, well done. Together with her four-year-old daughter, Lucia. Oh, well. What? So, well done oh, there. Yeah. That was very good timing, blimey. Mm. Far, far better than, uh, than even I could have done. Uh, uh, well, I wouldn't even have attempted <laughs> it in the first yeah. place. It would be a pointless exercise, as you all know. Uh, Warren's uh, seen this uh, wind, uh, Microsoft, whatever it is, thing now. Seven. Seven, yeah. Yeah. What it, is it? Have we found out what it is? It's, 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 it's going to be the best operating system ever. Such an improvement on Vista. Oh, well, do you see, this kind of thing annoys me. Because it's like, you know, you've got all these different things. They get one and then you get it. And then they get another one. And, and you they just say think, you have to have this one. And it's like you can't keep upgrading. It's just too expensive. Yeah. It makes me hopping mad. Paul says, I've been a scout leader for over 20 years. and all that time, the scouts have never been allowed to carry knives. They use them uh, and are taught the safe, correct use of them at camp. But they're stored with the camp tools i.e. with the saws and the axes. God, are you sure? Well, yeah, I mean, with the saws and the axes. When I was in the guides, I had a... Oh, here we go. Back into the mists of time, ladies and gentlemen. Do you know what? Let me tell you something. We had a dib, dib, dib. Did you have something? (laughs) We had dib, 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 our Kayla, we will do our best. No, we just said that we had... had, um, I promised to do my duty to God to to serve other people and keep the brownie guide law, or the girl guide law. What what, what part of the brownie guide law are you not looking (laughs) after at the moment? Bring in present for presenter, I think, is the first one. <laughs> I tell you what, though, I, 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 I'll do that next week. Um, 
I used to say, I don't bring anything for you because I, I don't like it. Last time I brought you in something, it was too sugary. And then I nearly broke your tooth by bringing you in some kind of rock yeah. hard something or another. Well, in fact, my, my ex-producer Giles managed to break a, a right. complete bridge did, by bringing thing... me that peanut brittle from Kefalonia, which apparently is made by wizened old women in shacks or something. Yeah, we could brought never work back. that one out. This stuff is about a quarter of an inch thick. Yeah. I mean, quite delicious, I have to tell you. I mean, I, I do like peanut brittle. But what I was going to say to you was, I, I was a brownie and I was a guide. And I think it's wonderful. I really do. I know you're sitting there with a real smirk on your face. But I really do think that Try and visualise you... this, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Try and visualise what she looks like I in the uniform. <laughs> I bet there's a picture yeah. of you at I home with gonna... your little glasses. <laughs> I didn't have... I only recently wore glasses. Oh, really? So I didn't... I, I perfect vision. My, 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 my greengrocer, Paul Cooper, <laughs> just started wearing glasses. I think he looks very good in them. Well, that's the thing, you see. Some people do look good in them. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He looks um, very good. But, so look, can we have a picture next week? We could put up on the internet, yeah. you in your brownie uniform. <laughs> I remember just having gone on Tuesday night to the brownies. But then I did the girl guides, and I loved it. I thought it was good. Um, and one of the things I thought about doing, it was about a year or so ago, I thought, do you know what? I need to, every night what I do is I sit in and watch the telly and I thought, I need to get out and do something. And I thought, I know what I'll do is I'll, I'll end up being one of these leaders or helpers with the guides oh, or something right, yeah. like that and give yeah. something back. I thought that would be quite a nice thing to do. Well, do you know what? And if they're listening, I rang up the local, I mean, I live in, in West London. I rang up the local Troop. HQ or, or whatever mm. and um, the main person that looked after our area. I left a message on their answer machine and said I'd be interested to help out, blah, blah, blah. Um, Weeks later, the woman got back in touch with me. I explained, and she was, oh, yes, great. Well, I'll get such and such to call you. Never. Nothing. Nothing. And, of course, in our local paper, they said, oh, we're crying out for people to help, and there's so many children waiting to get into, into a pack, uh, but we don't have enough leaders or helpers. And I thought, no, blinging wonder if you don't return the calls. Yes, exactly. Here's somebody who's quite Very happy shoddy. to give... Yeah, that's what I thought. And it's one of these West things... West London troop? Yeah, it's one of these things where you just think to yourself, well, I've made two calls already. Do I really make a third? Yeah. You know, because clearly you're not that desperate. Mm. But I would have That's helped out. Shoddy. Yeah, I would have, because I could have gone camping with yes. them. Yes, I agree. Very yeah, shoddy service. There, we shall find out who is who is responsible. I think, uh, <laughs> Steve. Uh, there is no skid pad test uh, and the new bus driving test anymore, says Darren. So most buses have ABS or engine retarders now. Whatever they are, I've got no idea what that is. Sounds quite good. And winter hanging baskets are great when you see the winter flowering pansies recover from frost in the midday sun because they start off all limp. And then by the end of the day, they're all upright. Ha! Do you not think it hurts them, though? Sorry? It's... Hurts them? Well, it's a bit uncomfortable, I think, for them. You can't hurt pansies. Well, they don't uh, have feelings. Well, uh, you don't know that. Oh, don't start that one. <laughs> Quarter to seven. And Matthew Schofield's got the headlines. Colonel Gaddafi's son says Libya will resist claims for compensation. Morning, team. 12 minutes to 7 o'clock, Monday morning. Sunday is Grandparents' Day. And to celebrate, LBC 97.3 and the National Theatre's Warhorse are giving you the chance to win a family ticket to see this critically acclaimed production. Warhorse is on at the New London Theatre, Drury Lane. The production uses lifelike and life-size puppets. And the show appeals to people of all ages, from 10 to 90. So you could take the family to see this great production. All you have to do is make sure you're listening to Jenny Barnett this Friday from 1 right here on LBC 97.3. It's worth seeing, I promise you, it's a stunning production. The puppeteers for the horses are absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. Don't forget, you've got a few hours left on my Dell laptop, which is in our How Low Today. 160 gigabytes of hard drive, very simple to use. 
could do with one myself, actually. <laughs> Preloaded with Windows Vista and a 15-inch screen. Lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Auction closes 6pm today. Text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send that to 88821. So LBC, then your bid in pence, and to 88821. The bid will cost pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 6pm today. You must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. So we're looking forward to a bit of excitement in EastEnders. Mm-hmm. And uh, Coronation Street this week, quite good. Um, we've got... Becky gets let off with the charge, which we kind of knew she would do. Yes, anyway. we knew What's that. been quite nice, though, is um, Simon Gregson, who plays Steve McDonald, has actually been very good. He's shown a completely different side to Steve McDonald, yeah. which is quite nice. And that, do you know who I don't like in, in that? Mind you saying that, I don't think I've ever liked her, is um, Liz McDonald. I think they could get rid of her. Really? Yeah, I think so. She's quite a nice person. She came in for an interview for a conversation. I'm sure she is nice, but Um, I think her character, they need to do something with her or I think they need to get rid. Like what? Well, I mean, all these ever seem to do is let her stumble from one failed relationship to (laughs) another. Yes, but that's Um, what she does. Yeah, I know, but after a while you just think, oh God, surely, you know, you know a bit like however old she is. I was thought she was a bit of a stalwart for, for the street. Keep her in there because she's, she's part of the furniture. Well, she, I mean, I like the relationship she has with Deirdre. But yeah. I don't think I think they could make more of that um, that relationship. I think I think they could let them get up to more yeah. tricks um, and become a bit more <coughs> a bit me. more like a Rita and Emily, but except a younger version. Um, but Rita and Emily and Norris have been in it quite a lot at the moment because of it's Nor- it's Ramsey's funeral this week. Yes, and it's been quite nice to see them all interact together. Um, Jack, I do like Rita. Yeah, she's I do. Good, you know. But she's going. She's going next week. I think it is. She announces her retirement from this cabin. Because right. remember, what's happened is she's got some kind of health scare and she asked for time off, Barbara Knox. Right. And nobody's still quite sure exactly what the health scare is. Oh, right. But I was looking at, actually, watching, because I watched Friday's last night on the uh, on the Sky Plus, and read, Barbara Knox is quite big, isn't she? Yes. If you look at her side on, yes. yeah. she's actually quite big. So I wondered maybe she had some kind of issue with... She's got big hair. She's got big hair, but she doesn't look big when you look at no. her. But when you see her, she, and she always wears now, when I look, think about it, she wears these big flowing smock type things, yeah. and, which is obviously covering something. I, I think if you saw her in re- I've never seen her in real life. I think if you saw her in real life, you would go, oh, crikey. Yeah, I think so too, actually. Yeah. So she's going to not be in it for a little while because of this health problem. So mm. she kind of announces her retirement from the cabin. All oh, right. So what's um, she going to do then? She'll be still be in the street. Well, she will be, but I'm not sure whether that's actually going to happen. I think it's going to be a case of... She will still be in the street, but I think she'll come back. Maybe she'll take the shop back over or something will happen. I think they've had to conjure this up because the producers right. were taken aback by her request to have some time off. Right. A bit like, what's her name? Liz McDonald. Who yes. Plays, yeah. um, they all Beverly do Callard, that, don't yeah, they? They all, they all take a bit of time yeah. off and then sort of pop back later. Yeah. Jason, you'll like this. Not you won't. You will not like no, it. I won't like it. Jason no. wins Mr. Gay Weatherfield. Oh, this is most bizarre. It's a ridiculous storyline, and stupid. I think it really is just given Sean something to do, uh, because he's mates with the, you know he, he got him into this gay football team. But Jason doesn't know it's a I gay football team. I think you could have lost team. Sean ages ago. Oh, I'm absolutely, I've you got could've. no idea why they've hung on to him. You really could have. And you know who makes an appearance again this week, which is great to see because I love her, Stephen Bishop, um, <laughs> <laughs> Jane Danson. Oh, Leanne, crack, really? she had maternity. She had a little boy called Alfie. So she's now back. Oh, um, and she ends up back in the street properly next week when she comes back and her and um, Peter make a go of things. But, of course, mm. nothing ever runs smoothly with them. Oh, uh, so, yeah, dear. so she's back. Yes, she's I, I, I wish they'd have got rid of um, 
the gay character a long while ago. Oh, he could he, go. He, he hasn't had any any storylines, nope. anything of any interest for anybody. There's, there, there, I see no reason to keep him in there. No, absolutely, absolutely. Every I mean, time it's I look at him, I keep fault. thinking it's just it's going nowhere. Yeah, I don't. To be fair to him, I don't think it's his fault. I think they need to do something with him. Otherwise, mm. it's just like they're, they're sitting there thinking, "Oh, what should we do for you just to keep yes. you on screen?" Let's actually give him a silly thing to say today or something yeah. like that. Yeah, but um, all the soaps, um, the storylines are up on the website. Um, Right. SusanSpence.co.uk and TheSteveAllenShow.co.com or .co.uk. Lovely. Doc, I've got both. Oh, don't, <laughs> And there's also Soap Podcast Has Liz had a facelift? <laughs> don't think so. <laughs> well, I was <laughs> we better not say just in case if you hasn't. I don't know. Everybody's having it at the moment. Everybody me. I know is, well, not everybody I know, but I mean, a lot of people, you open up the papers, there's somebody else talking about Botox. There's a picture in the paper today of Anne Robinson oh. out with her trainer in a London park. And I'm thinking, you've got a big house, why don't you just stay in the garden and do it there? If you've deliberately gone out to have a picture taken, it's a bit naff. But she's been in the papers for a while about this, isn't it? This stupid, has she or has she not had it? Why do people just come out and and tell you they've had it? But she did, though, because she said, you know, I wouldn't like, I don't think it's right that for women of the same age as me to think, oh, why don't I look as good as this? (laughs) But I'm not sure she looks that good. I think she looks a bit unusual, actually, but I think it's a case of when you see all the pictures taken yeah. next to each other, she does look a bit unusual. Because I, I was looking the other day at, uh, at uh, Ulrika Johnson <laughs> on shooting. She didn't look any different to me. They go, she's only had £12,000. I thought, we don't get a lot for twelve grand, do you? Whereas poor old Kerry Katona had so much liposuction going on, it still didn't make any difference. Pictures of her um, in today's papers, standing in a queue for a kebab shop in Of course, Blackpool. that's all she does, I know. It's a shame, really, actually. As I say, I wish I was as broke as her, because she's apparently bankrupt. Well, that's so. the thing. And then on I'm Friday, there was a picture of her, you know, I was like thinking, you can't be that hard up, sitting there in a pub garden, you know, down in the pints. It's not really the image you want to give if you're trying to tell everybody you've not got two pennies to rub together. Strangely enough, uh, her husband gave her a £350 designer cat for her birthday. <laughs> what a stupid family they must be. A £350 cat... I mean, you, just, you can't make it up, can you, really? Yeah. Mind you, you can't make up some poor man today went to fill up a cash machine in uh, in Tesco <laughs> and the door slammed on him. He got locked inside. Had to call the fire brigade to get him out. Because <laughs> I had no idea that this this was the door that loaded the cash machine. It never crossed my mind where I thought they were loading it from. But, of course, you watch the next... But they had to get oxyacetylene cutters out and everything. I know, I saw that. Which is quite good, isn't it? So we all, we're a like right a, dummy. I know, exactly. I'm terribly sorry. Uh, I've locked myself in... You obviously can't open the doors from the no. inside then. Well, but then how do you get out? Because you can't leave it open. Exactly, you while can't you're leave it open it... while you're filling it up with money, can so you? So there must be, maybe he left the key in the car, in the van, or you forgot to... Well, how did he get in, though? He's an idiot, whatever he is. Yeah, clearly. It'd be interesting it's, to see how It's a little bit sort of, you know, all those stories ages ago about Group 4 and how incompetent they were with prisoners and everything else. Yeah. And also, they, they have to deliver to the bank in, in Twickenham. And they just block people in. They just sit there because they've got to have, The driver has to go into the little back bit and wait for the money p- to be delivered through the revolving thing. Mm-hmm. And they just sit there. And you can't get in or out. You just sit there while they're faffing around. I don't know why the police don't move them on. But I have suppose it's because they have to be able to get in and out quickly. Who cares? It's only delivering money. Why don't they do it in the early hours of the morning? Why don't, don't do it in daytime. Because then they'd have to get somebody from the bank up, and that costs yeah, money. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> I have to get up early. I see no reason why everybody else shouldn't have to. Oh, there's going to be live TV gambling shortly. Oh, no. Roulette. They reckon roulette. 
Now, I'm not a gambler, really. Well, I mean, I, I do do the lottery, but I'm, gambling on the television doesn't really do it for me at all. You can watch all these, you know, card games happening live nowadays, yeah. with, and even some of the celebs play it, so it doesn't surprise me really that not roulette... Really bothered, though. It's just, it just encourages people to part with their money, doesn't mm. it? It's I used to have a little roulette wheel when I was younger. Yes, but that was a little toy oh, one, yeah, wasn't I know, it? Yeah. We didn't oh, yeah. think it was gambling. We just thought you spun it round yeah, and you put your little ball put your in little there. Little chips and everything. Little chips in there, which is nice. And uh, somebody else has complained about volunteering. I, I, I wanted to volunteer, and um, and they haven't got back to me either. This is the Girl Guys and the Browns. Not, not the Girl Guys and the Browns. Another organisation. Oh right, yeah. But again, it's one of those sort of problems, isn't it? Really, where sort of people go, oh, I want to do volunteering. Yeah, I don't mind. think I, I don't see how they can ask people to volunteer and cry out for them, and then when you actually come Aren't forward. They? Say, oh, we won't bother getting back to you. It seems mad to me. Outrageous. Yeah. We'll see you back soon? Yes, I'll see you next week. That's Susan Spence. And you can check out the uh, the websites. You can bring mm. yourself up to date with all the soaps. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. I'm going to chat to Alan Davis today for In Conversation. So I'm looking forward to that. He's going to be up with a, with a crack of dawn. He's due in at 8.30. So oh, it'll be a heavens. nice one. Nick Ferrari is with you after the news, which is coming up almost immediately right here on LBC 97.3. In life, you can either have money or stuff. I like stuff, especially a